everyone, it's Brandon and Jesse, and we're the Box Office Bomb Squad. This will break down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters, and today's bomb is 2021's The Suicide Squad. Your mission is to infiltrate Jotunheim and destroy every trace of Project Starfish. Are we supposed to get in? Gaius Greaves, the thinker, is a geneticist in charge of Project Starfish. After hours, he hangs out at a gentleman's club known as La Gatita Amable. Get Greaves to help you by whatever means necessary, and he can get you into Jotunheim. Any questions? What is that? That is an overhead projector. Do you ever use it anymore? No, not really. So why don't you just throw it away? Peacemaker. Starfish is a slang term for a butthole. Think there's any connection? No. No. And now way. Connection. And. Yes, that is your hand, the way. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> What a great introduction of the characters. But it's such an easy way to do it. Uh, so, budget. $185 million budget. Uh, it's a pretty big budget, but honestly, for the way this film looks and the quality that it puts out, great budget use. I mean, a lot of these effects are actual effects. They're not. There's not a lot of uh, CG used for a lot of different things in here. Obviously, King Shark is 100% CG most of the time, but uh, only made 167.5 million. So it lost money. There's a million reasons why. We'll we'll go into that obviously later on. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a shame. But this is also like the second movie. That was HBO's direct to streaming. So a lot of the budget concerns are based on that, obviously. Uh, and I mean, I feel I feel like that hurt it so bad, not to mention the fact that I don't think they did enough to separate it from the pile of shit that came out <laughs> a few years earlier than that. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it it's related, obviously, three character or four characters return. So yeah. there is a relation to it, but man, it's like, it, it's just so fucking different, but we'll get to that in a bit. First, Jesse, it's that time. Five degrees of Joe Morton. I don't know how much longer I can hold this. Uh, who's going first this time? Uh, who uh, who went first last time? You, I me? let's see. First time you went, I went second time. I think it's your turn to go first. So I got it in one. Nice. Um, so there's a film out there. It's a Denzel Washington film called American Gangster, and I love oh, okay. that film. And I did. I did at first. I said I even sent the message to Jesse. I said, "Hey, we're going to use." We're not going to use Justice League as a connective tissue here yeah, because I feel be like it's easy. too easy. Yeah. But I will say that even though using Justice League, I still can only get it in two. But I got it in one because Joe Morton and 
Idris Elba are in American Gangster. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't Joe know Morton's if I've Charlie Williams. That. Oh, it's it's amazing. You should American watch it. Gangster. It's so it good. It's Denzel Washington, Joe Morton's in it. I, Idris Elba, Terrence Howard. I mean, holy crap, the cast is loaded. Like right. it it's one of those movies that I'm like I don't know how the movie doesn't get talked about more. I freaking love that movie. Damn. Okay. Well, you beat me. I got it into I went the obvious route of uh, Sly Stone, you know, Sylvester uh, mm-hmm. as Shark next to Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator 2 with Joe Morton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you also can use, other than, uh, you can use Sly was in uh, The Expendables with Schwarzenegger as well. Yeah. So yeah well, that's that what connection. I, yeah, that's what I went with. Oh, yeah, well, of Sly yeah, to uh, Arnold in the, in the Expendables and then Arnold to ter- uh, Joe. And I, I was like, uh, I have a Dune connection too, but it's a lot longer because David Desmelian or whatever, Polka Dot Man, uh-huh. he's in Dune. Oh, he is, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but like Harrison Ford was in a movie with Joe Morton. And, but it's like such a small like bit role, so I was like, I don't really want to count that one. So like, I, I went all around with this one, but I ended up going, you know what? Um, that was a good and, cut, and I will say that I, there is a level of cheating that I have done. I'll admit, <gasps> I am fami- I am familiar with like very familiar with like six or seven Joe Morton films, right? Terminator Two, American Gangster, uh, the show Eureka, yeah. things like that. So I did look into his like his movies just to see what he's done that I didn't know he was in. You know, mm-hmm. so there is that. So I do. I don't know if you looked at Joe Morton's movies, but I try not to look at anyone else's. I try to only do it from my memory of that person in a film. I'll give you that. Yeah. I, I've I've looked at Joe Morton before when we had a lot of Joe Morton conversations, but not during the game all that much. But yeah. I don't I don't think that's a problem. I think that I think like that's you, a bummer. You called one out like last week or the week before. Uh because I for I didn't know he was in that total recall remake. Yeah. That Brian Cranston's in. Yeah, and you said that I go, oh man, and I looked it up. I go, yeah, he totally is. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that movie the, is uh, unfortunately burned into my head because I watched it and hated it. And oops. see, I I didn't watch it because I just it just didn't look. It looked like it took all the the book stuff, which was like all the uh, whole memory thing, mm-hmm. which is what it's about. But it took away all the fun, goofy Arnold Schwarzeneggerisms. Yeah. It and like, that's what I want in those films. So exactly, exactly. But anyway, uh, Jesse, you uh-huh. know what time it is? It's let's time. talk about it. Talk about it. Oh my God! Let's talk about it. No one likes to show off, unless what they're showing off is dope as fuck. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie's so quotable. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a problem with having too many sounds. I, so so yeah, I was like, I'm gonna make Jesse record most of the movie and cut it up. You know what's funny? And I had so many sounds that normally I go through and I go exactly where I need to go to get my sounds. I legitimately put the entire movie into logic pro and skim <laughs> through it and cut the parts out of it because it was easier that way <laughs> i believe you yeah uh because i think i sent you three or four and you you yeah. had three or four yourself yeah. nom nom 
Uh, so uh, a little bit behind the scenes kind of stuff, right? So obviously this movie was a weird situation at the beginning. It, uh, it got passed around for a little bit. James Gunn got fired from Disney because of uh, the tweets when he was working at, um, uh, oh my God, Lloyd Kaufman's company. So he was being, he was making a lot of off color jokes and uh, people got very upset about it. And so Disney fired him. And then there was a huge, pushback of like why would you fire a guy for jokes that he made in the late 90s like come on you know yeah you and so you disney up, you know yeah it, it, it's like it happens like he apologized and he was like hey back then uh, and i will say this in the 90s like jokes were 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 gross man they were yeah, nasty yeah, you know they were <laughs> and um uh, they are they are acceptable I'll, I'll i'll say that i'm not gonna act like it's okay but like everyone, a lot of people, not everyone I'll say, but a lot of people got wound up and say, I mean, Jesse, you're a pretty clean guy. How many dead baby jokes did you hear in school? So many dead baby jokes. Yeah, I mean, they were all over the place. It's the constant, it's the argument that I, that I agree with and that you hear all the time that you couldn't make blazing saddles today. No, I mean, but blazing saddles is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. One of the best. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. Unfortunately. But so anyway, uh, James Gunn ended up getting this movie and then basically Disney was like, hey, as an apology, they pretty much said, we'll let you finish that film before you start working on the next Guardians film. And so he did. And so we got this great film. Uh, We got that great Peacemaker series. So you kind of have to talk about that a little bit to talk about this. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Oh my god, it's so good! I've heard and I've got it added to my list, but there's so many things to watch. But I want to yeah. watch it so bad because John Cena is fucking hilarious, he, man. He improvs so many of his lines in this movie that James Gunn was like, "I did not expect a professional wrestler because he's worked with Batista, sure, and Batista is a, a fine actor, but he's like, I did not expect the." improv skills that john cena had he constantly would make the the cast lose it with what he said the uh when he's like why are you in your tidy whities and he's like that's racist, that's racist. that was that was john cena 100 percent on his own coming up with that like he just he's apparently really good at it and i mean if you watch when you watch um peacemaker watch every after credit scene because they let them have a lot of improv in that show. And John Cena's improv in that show is just a, a, a chef's kiss, man. It is so good. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, John Cena, very funny. Margot Robbie did most of her own stunts in this. Which, uh, honestly, um, I saw Birds of Prey, um, and she also did the same in that. Yeah. She is a hell of a physical actress. Like she nails fight scenes. I will say though, I am disappointed that James Gunn didn't watch birds of prey before doing this film, because there is a lack of connective tissue between her arc and that film, which happened before this. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he doesn't completely just, you know, throw it out the window, but there are a couple things I feel like he could have really used for the character in, in that. And I, I admit, uh, someone as busy as him, you don't have time to sit and watch a movie and break it down all the time. So I get it. But there's definitely a part of me that goes, man, I wonder how good this would have been yeah. uh, 
if he would have known the arc and the growth that she had as a character during Birds of Prey. Sure, yeah. And I'm glad that they at least show some uh, some growth on her part in the fact that, you know, she's no longer um, all over the Joker. You know, it's oh, yeah, like her jacket says, live fast, die clown. Yeah, and yeah. her tattoo's been changed to yeah. property of no one. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, she she literally kills a guy because he reminds her too much of him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, all right. That's awesome. Uh, one of the rats on set's name was Crisp Rat. Yep. And uh, Gunn thought that was really funny. I, I love you know. I saw that. <laughs> no, I saw that too, and I was like, "That's the most amazing thing." So Crisp great rat. interview I watched with James Gunn, where they're asking him about King, King Shark, right? Mm-hmm. And he said that he wrote King Shark for Sylvester Stallone, and he's a friend with he's friends with him, so he wrote this for him. And he was like, man, Sylvester Stallone's this great actor. He was really afraid to ask because he thought maybe he'd feel like he was making fun of him because he wanted Sylvester Stallone to kind of act like a child. Sure. And so he knew that Stephen Adji, uh, John Economos in this, he knew that he was going to stand in for him physically on set and wear the uh, mocap suit. But he, did, he went through like 10 different voices. And finally, he just called Sylvester Stallone and he goes – Hey man, I have a role that I'm interested in you playing. It's this character called King Shark. He's a giant shark man. He's like this pudgy, chubby shark guy who kind of has the mentality and care like character of like an angry six year old. And I just your voice works so well with his lines. And then Sylvester Sloan immediately agreed. He was like, anything for you, man. That's awesome. So all that worry, all that time he put into looking at other people, he could have just literally called Sylvester and been like, hey, do this. So Sylvester Stallone absolutely enjoyed doing the part. He, he got to be goofy, which he doesn't get to do very often. Oh, yeah. Um, which that's John Economos plays two characters in this. Well, Stephen Adji, he plays John Economos and King Shark's body. And then Sean Gunn plays Calendar Man and uh, Weasel's body. Oh, Weasel. So there's a lot of double duties <laughs> going on in this film. Oh, uh. I, I get a lot of fun. I get a lot of fun from the weasel. Um, <laughs> the weasel. But it, it's because of an inside joke. Um, I know someone whose nickname is Weasel. And she has. Did they time, kill she has the 12 same, kids? She has the same posture sometimes. Uh, and I think it's just fun. I get a kick out of it. That walk he does for this is hilarious. I love Weasel's weird walk. Oh yeah, I like Weasel like in general. Like when he's licking mean. the glass. No, uh, when he when he like yawns and his eyes bulge, I was like, ah! <laughs> little things like that. You're like, oh, this is just funny, right? Yeah, the lick lick glassing scene, by the way, not written. Uh, <laughs> really? They were doing their scene, and Weasel was supposed to like kind of look out the glass and like hit his face up against it, trying to get out. And uh, Sean Gunn just started licking the glass, <laughs> and James Gunn was like, "Fuck, that's going in. That's great." <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which I mean, Sean Gunn is Rocket Raccoon's body in yeah. the Guardians of the Galaxy, and one of Rocket's most like just perfect lines from Guardians One, where he's like, "Here we are. Now we're all standing in a circle like a bunch of assholes." <laughs> like that was Sean Gunn just saying something, and James Gunn was like, "Shit, we're leaving that in. That's really good." <laughs> So James Gunn, one of those one of those directors, he has an idea of what he wants, but he wants you to play with that character and kind of do things. And uh, 
apparently Sylvester Stallone even had a little bit of play with it. And his line, new dumb friends, was uh, not <laughs> supposed to be what he said. He was just supposed to say new friends. But he says new dumb friends. And then he was like, that's better. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of mom! Oh, I, I, Bloodshot in this is so good, man. <laughs> Uh, I I almost had you record the argument with his daughter where they're just screaming fuck you at each other <laughs> yeah. back and forth. It is so good and it's so real for I, everyone knows someone who that's how they talk with their parents, you know. Yeah. It just that's the violence that it goes through every single time. You're like, yeah, yeah, there it is. Uh <laughs> oh god, what a good line. <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> but uh Bloodsport asked the guards in the van if they are familiar with Dimsock, where he's like also called the death the death, death touch, touch or whatever. Yeah. Dimsock is the move from Van Damme's Bloodsport that he uses. Yeah. So I thought that was funny because he's like, oh look, Bloodsport is Quoting uh, the movie Bloodsport. <laughs> oh man, There's so much to say about this. I and we talked about this earlier. Could barely take notes. Just yeah, yeah. I have, it all. I have so few notes because I I caught myself just staring at the TV and just just getting a hell of a kick out of everything I was watching oh. because I love. Most of the actors that are in this movie. How about Taika Waititi cameo? Yes, Taika Waititi, Flula Borg. Oh, yeah, I fucking love Flula Borg, man. Your, your man, uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. TDK. Hell yeah. What's TDK stand for? <laughs> it's That's my uh, name. It's me. It stands, it, it stands for me. For, yeah, it's, it stands <laughs> stands for me. Uh, uh. <laughs> your name is Letters. All names are letters, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all names are letters, dickhead. What a good... Uh, God damn it. So much of this movie is just fucking hilarious dialogue. The action's great, too. I'm not saying it's not, but holy yeah. fuck. The, the, sla- the camp slaughter scene where it's just those two showing off, killing people. Fuck, that's good. Yeah. 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 Oh, this is Taika Waititi's second DC role, by the way. Is Do you it? remember his first? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, he was the uh, he was in Green Lantern. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. he was the little nerdy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a movie we did on here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Polka Dot Man, but da- second David Dashmian, uh movie, by the way. I, I know I'm saying his name wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, he was in Blade Runner 2049. Oh yeah, he was. Right. Yeah, he's uh the weird doctor that gets his neck broke by uh yeah the the one robot lady I can't remember her name. Yeah, he is so good in this. He is such a sad, tragic character. Right. But like, in in a lot of people, spoiler, a lot of people are like, <laughs> man, I wish he wouldn't have had to die. But James Gunn even said that he, when he does these things. He has characters die and then live, and then he looks to see how it it, it plays. And Polka Dot Man dying was necessary because we had to lose someone we love. And at this point, there were characters he knew were going to survive because he, he at one point even had Ratcatcher dying to Peacemaker. But he's like, Ratcatcher survives, Peacemaker survives, Bloodsport survives, and Harley Quinn survives. Those are the only safe characters. 
And he finally was like, I'm going to have one other character survive. And either King Shark was going to die from the fall from the tower and everything, or Polka Dot Man was going to die from Starro. And he eventually was like, Polka Dot Man's death is better because he died happy. He died a hero. Yeah. And with how fucked up he was and how he was, he's literally dying from his disorder anyway. They kind of had to do that. He, it makes more sense for his character to go. Yeah, well, he wa- he wanted to die. I mean, he wanted to die, too. Oh, yeah, we're all going to die. I hope I so. Hope so. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were the crazy one. I am. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a good line. Where are all my men? I pretended they were my mother, and I killed them. <laughs> I love the whole Milton conversation, too. Milton. Uh, they Milton's killed dead. Milton. They killed Milton. Uh, Who's Milton? <laughs> Milton? I think I'd remember a person named Milton. Oh, Milton. Milton. Yeah. Milton. Uh, he was a really nice guy. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, fucking Milton. And it comes back. Like, it yeah. comes back in such a good way. I'll be your friend, Milton. That's not my name. We just had a conversation for like three hours about how your <laughs> name was Milton. <laughs> No, we didn't. <laughs> uh, so good. I will say, like, the only character that I was like, this character needs to survive. Like, I uh, I could almost see everyone die except, man, Ratcatcher 2. What a, like, yeah. what a fun millennial superhero kind of thing they're doing with her. Well, I don't know. Not even millennial. She's younger than that, I think. Yeah. But, like, she's just lazy, and she doesn't know what an overhead projector is. She likes sleeping <laughs> all the time. I like the that flag character. called her Ratatouille. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody uh, was thinking it. Flag is great in this, and he's so boring in the first one that it's uh, it's wild that Joel Kinnaman was able to just turn that character on its side and just show the, the talent that he has for comedy in this. He has some great lines. Like, oh, yeah. uh, that's not – those last three things don't count, but it's not permission for you to just cough without covering your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, even uh, the when he's like, well, we had a plan to save you, and it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you want me going back inside so you could go ahead and try it? <laughs> I love the street clothes that each character gets. Oh, and I yeah. love that they gave the tiniest shorts and T-shirt to <laughs> John Cena. <Yeah. laughs> it's like it's like constantly riding up on him so you yeah. can see his stomach. It is so funny. <laughs> you know, the one thing uh, my girlfriend pointed out, and this is completely true in it, I, I, I see it every time I watch something with John Cena in it. As he gets older, he's slowly turning into Jim Varney. Oh, he looks a lot like Ernest. You know, he, so, he looks more like Jim Varney than <laughs> you'd want to admit. So I want... Uh, yeah, son of Ernest. Yeah, I want a, uh, you know, I want a, uh, I want a biopic of Jim Varney as Ver- Ernest, but I don't want it to be serious. I want it to be like what Daniel Radcliffe is doing for Weird Al, where they like uh, exaggerate him bulky. Yeah, and yeah. Him he's huge. just huge. Never even <laughs> reference how big he is. Just yeah. be like Jim yeah. Varney was no. that big. <laughs> yeah, that's just normal. That Jim. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. I, I love Ernest, by the way. I actually, oh, God, um, yeah. during during COVID, I actually rewatched all the Ernest films and I had a Best of Ernest, like, which is basically everything he's ever done. Yeah. His TV programs and stuff. Some of the TV is a little rough, but man, the movies are just quality. Dude, I. Just quality stuff. Ernest man. was my childhood. I, Ernest Scared uh, Stupid is still legit one of the best Halloween movies. How about movies. a bumper sandwich, bugger lips? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you imagine John Cena delivering some of these lines? Oh, God, it'd be amazing. Come on, John, uh, make it happen. <laughs> so uh, going to the list of characters, King Shark, just funny every every time. Num num. He's just quality funny. Yeah. Like the graphic violence that that character gets to create while being like a big child is so hilarious to me. The dude he rips in half, freeze The guy he rips. Yeah, it was a real real effect. It was like a dummy they created full of stuff. And then uh, when he eats the guy and coughs up his finger later, when he eats the skull, he's just chewing on the skull when he comes in later. After everything's out, he waves at him like, hi, guys, and he's just chewing on a skull. Yeah. Uh... What a great character King that Shark num, is. Num? So smart, me. <laughs> the whole time when he's talking about wearing the fake mustache, he yeah, walks like, up behind him with his... What have? Fake mustache. Walks up behind him with the finger over his lip, you know? Yeah. Hello. We can <laughs> still tell it to you. <laughs> it's a good thing, too, because otherwise we'd have to shoot you a big shark shaped bloke walking up on us like that <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> apparently there's like a, a lot of cut scene of king shark uh when we see him looking out the window yeah. of the van and he's like he watches those that couple kissing and everything apparently he had written james gunn had written a whole montage of king shark wanting to be more human which is why he tries to pretend to read books and why he does things like that and uh, he's like, it was great. And he's like, I absolutely loved it. But it just it just threw off the – we were building to something right here, and it just threw it off so bad. Uh, yeah. How about <laughs> the thinker? <laughs> Doctor Peter Who's Capaldi, that? Doctor Who, oh, man. <laughs> I, he is so good in this. Yeah, I like his You want a line. dozen angry rodents crawling up your scrotum? <laughs> My answer to that might surprise you. (laughs) My answer may not be what you expect. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. He he is good. Oh, yeah. And and, and, like he, he, he does an equal level of just absolutely menacing whenever he's like talking about the victims and stuff uh, and just kind of goofy stuff as well. Just, I I really like that character. I mean, clearly he kind of had to die. (laughs) <laughs> with yeah. the way they set it up. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he gets smoothied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. All right. Harley's escape scene. What a good, fun scene just to kind of show you what she sees. Yeah. The birds and the flowers and everything. Yeah, it's so cool. And again, bravo to Marco Robbie because yeah, holy she does crap. most of that herself. Yeah. Yeah. And that look, I mean, that was a continu- that looked like a good continuous shot. A, a lot of uh, it just, was, yeah. Man, just murdering people and not <laughs> skipping a beat. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. It was, oh, yeah. it was awesome. The, the shots in this film, that and the one, music. The, the, oh yeah, God. the music in this movie is great, man. Yeah. Which James Gunn's just got a hell of a taste in music. He's like the Fratellis is in this and a bunch of other good shit. Yeah. Uh, the rain scene where it's just super bright and that white concrete. So everything is just drowned out white and you can barely see the, the suicide squad come up beautifully shot scene. Love the rain scene. Oh yeah. Uh, the helmet shot scene. 
Now, most of that was done using VFX and taking a filming and, and applying it over the surface of the helmet and stuff like that. It wasn't traditionally done like in reflection because otherwise you'd see the camera and shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, beautiful scene. I, I love the whole uh, flag versus Peacemaker fight scene. I think that was just really well done. Yeah. And Peacemaker shows yeah. a lot of emotion during this where – I mean, he he really regrets killing Flag, and then when he when he has to kill Ratcatcher, he's like, "I'm thorough." What a fucked up line! You can tell that he's like not wanting to do that, but he knows that he needs to because he could have easily shot her and pulled his gun on Bloodsport, but he took that moment to pull the gun on Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah, so. and then you know he <laughs> he does his one of his lines that I I enjoyed is. Uh, um, I hold I hold peace above all else. I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it. <laughs> <laughs> so good, you know. Uh, Scariest character in the movie, Amanda Waller. Holy fuck, man, dude! She played that part, and they let her play it in such a way that you fucking hate her. I will say, in the first one, she's actually one of the best parts of the first one, uh, and she's scary in that one. Yeah, in this one. When she like manipulates the situation with the daughter, that uh-huh. was fucked up. And they're like, "You're not really going to do that, are you?" And she's like, "I'll do what I have to for the safety of the United States." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" Yeah. And then whenever they start betraying her, and she's like, "Fuck you, fuck you," and she's just yeah. screaming at him. I was like, "Ah." She's getting a little <clears throat> unhinged. Oh yeah, she's she's yeah. so scary. She's like, well, in the comics, Lex Luthor actually admires her. And has the hots for it because he's like, I because Lex Luthor is a man that's 100% attracted to the brain of a person. Mm-hmm. And Amanda Waller to him is a perfect woman. She is just completely driven and knows what to do. And he's like, that's a woman. <laughs> so, like, they always played up the fact that uh, Lex Luthor is a good looking man. Like, he's supposed to be very handsome and stuff like that. And then in the comics, Amanda Waller is a short, older, very heavy set woman. Yeah. And so traditionally speaking, you wouldn't expect these two to be a, a couple, but he constantly is like, I would marry that woman in the comics. I love his like complete infatuation with her just because of her ruthlessness. Yeah. And she is man. Holy God. She, she does such a good job in this. I want more of this, like this type of, you know, suicide squad. Uh, so get through all this. I wanted to go through the movie itself. Let's talk about, the most wild shit, the fucking opening. The the Suicide Squad one characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have Michael Rooker. Okay. We have Jai Courtney. That's Captain Boomerang. Mm-hmm. We have uh Pete Davidson as Blackguard. Yep. We have Nathan Fillion as TDK. We have Flula Borg as Javelin. Uh oh shit. And for those who don't know, TDK is a play on uh, they. It stands for the Detachable Kid, but it's yeah. actually a play on it's the Arms Fall Off Boy. Arms yeah. Fall Off Boy, yeah. Uh, Mailing Ing as Mongal, uh, and then Sean Gunn as Weasel, which all of them. Well, not technically all of them, but they all get fucking destroyed. Pete Davidson dies <laughs> the moment he shows up on the beach. Yeah, hilarious. Oh my God, his whole face disappears. We don't even get to see him do anything. Like, we don't no. even know. Does he have powers or he's just guy with guns? He gets his fucking face blasted in. Yeah. Um, 
Jai Courtney was the big shocker to me. Like he gets killed by the palm trees, fucking getting hit with the helicopter and the, the shrapnel killed him. I was like, man, really? They're going to kill off Captain Boomerang, huh? That's wild yeah. to me because I feel like he was one of the better parts of uh, Suicide Squad 2019. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. Or 2018. I don't fucking remember. 2016, something. I don't know. Yeah. The bad one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I killing him off was the big surprise. Rooker as Savant. I kind of expected him to die because – uh, like <laughs> Rooker is the kind of guy that he's in every like almost almost every single James Gunn film. Yeah, uh, he's missing out on like one or two, uh, but he's in almost every one of them. So he shows up in this one. He clearly isn't going to be a character that's around for a long time, and they just off him in the funniest way by having him be the example of what happens when you try to escape. Yeah, and then the I mean, obviously Harley Quinn survives. Uh, and we think she's the sole survivor of Team One, but she is not. There are two survive. There's three survivors in Team One. Because Javelin dies, gives the, giving her the javelin. Yeah. And we find out at the end of the film that Weasel survived, and he's just there on yeah. the island. Yeah. But if you look at the very end, whenever they're looking at the charts with all the people, the lights are still on for TDK, so he is alive. Yeah, of course he is, because all he got <laughs> is shot in the arms. Yeah. <laughs> what a, like, I just, I wonder when they put together the team, because, well, like, Flag even says, I didn't put together the team. Like, what did they think he was able to do? <laughs> like, I get Savant. I Savant is like a, a, a great fighter. I get Savant. I get Blackheart. He uses guns and everything. Harley Quinn, yes. Rick Flag, yes. Captain Boomerang, yes. Mongal, she's very tough. She's super strong. I get her. Like, I don't quite get why Weasel's there, but he's there. Yeah. <laughs> but he also is very durable and he's ravenous. Just, so, yeah. So maybe they just needed something like that there. Like King Shark plays that in the yeah, just uh, other team. Uh, but like, I still don't know why TDK was put into that group or what they thought his abilities were actually. <laughs> I also love that he's just drinking a Mr. Pib, like two yeah. of the scenes that we actually see him. Upside down <laughs> label, just drinking a pib. Yeah. Uh well, yeah, there we go. I love it. It's, it's uh Lloyd Coffin makes a cameo in this movie. He's a drunk guy dancing with a woman in the bar. Yeah. Yep. He's back there. He's in he shows up in almost everything James Gunn does too. Did you notice the really attractive Asian woman that was hmm. dancing in the bar? Yeah. That's Mantis from Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Like, I'm not saying she's not attractive as Mantis, but, man, I was like, whoo, I didn't know she, like, looked that good. I don't know why. Like, that makeup covers up, makes her look really innocent. And, like, I was like, oh, okay. All nom, right. Nom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, man. It's your mom! <laughs> that scene was weird. That, when he's dancing with all the girls, thing. and then and it was all just mom. all his mom all of a sudden. And he's so excited. So where's your mom now? everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh god what a perfect like actress they chose by the way kudos to that actress like she had to get costumes made for her for every outfit yeah i'm trying to look to see if i can find her name That's true i oh yeah i don't know um i don't know what she would even be under just the, the mom 
Polka Dot Man's mom was Lynn, Lynn Ash. Ash. She doesn't yeah. even have any other credits to her name. <laughs> Good for her, man. She first off, she has the most costume changes in the film because she's wearing the outfits of everybody we see her in. See, actually, and, she's got some stuff. So, oh, this, um, it's a lot. She's a lot of TV. Uh, um, I'm seeing some Doom Patrol as Carol. Uh, I Tanya, uh, she was Sean's mother. Um, Star Girl, uh, she was Nurse Louise Love. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she was on Sleepy Hollow. There she um, oh, yeah, she, I was just looking at the movie section. I guess I missed it. She was in Logan Lucky on un, She's an office Christmas party. Yeah, yeah. It was Rita. Stranger Things. She was Happy Homeowner. Huh. huh. Look at that. Good for her, man. This actress probably doesn't get the respect that she deserves for this uh, film, but she she did great in that stuff, man. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'll talk about a couple obscure characters that showed up in this. So like calendar man was one of them. Uh, even though he's just there for a second, the guy he's with, with the square, the rectangle on his face cut out and the, uh, spade on his head, that's double down and double down is a, he's cursed because he cheated in a poker game. And the curse is that he can peel his skin off and turn them into razor sharp cards because, uh, comic books. Hey, poke that man. <laughs> fuck. My uh, nephew, my niece wants to know if you'll entertain her at her birthday party, you fucking pussy. <laughs> uh, I, I love that they're like fucking with him, but holy fuck, Polka Dot Man, probably the most powerful member of that team. Oh, yeah. I think he could kill King Shark with those dots. Probably. I mean, if he went if he went right through Starro's leg, yeah, he disintegrated that. Uh oh, the woman that's in the the when they go to the woman's prison, you see like a woman with a bunch of different colored skin. That's a character named Kaleidoscope. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really much on her; she's just whatever. Uh, the doctor that injects uh, huh. I Savant, knew, I knew this and, one, and says "good dog." That's John Ostrander. That's the creator of the the Suicide Squad. But, well, the kind of hard to say that. The, yeah, so, I mean, he, he so wrote like the, a couple of them, didn't he? Yeah. Well, the original Suicide Squad was a military thing, a military mm-hmm. comic. He took that name during Legends in the '80s and made it a superhero team, well, supervillain team. He created that supervillain team. the The Suicide Squad that we know from this is what he created. Nice. So yeah, man i I gotta say, like. Uh, the movie definitely had a lot of respect towards certain comic characters and did a good job at kind of following their stories. There were people that were like, why is King shark so different? Because in the comics, he's not dumb. He's actually intelligent. Sure. But I kind of like him better. Dumb. <laughs> I, you know, <clears throat> I was torn too, because I am a huge fan of the, uh, the animated Harley Quinn cartoon uh, with yeah, Kaylee Kuko. Uh, uh, who and, plays his voice in that? Uh, uh Ronald Funches, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, and it is, Funches, he is yeah. so awesome and so good and funny. Uh, but honestly, in the comic or in the, in the cartoon, he's not menacing because he's a cartoon, you know, uh, he's, yeah. he's just, you're not afraid of a cartoon typically. Um, when we bring him to film 
and make him scary, give him bigger textures and watch him tear and people apart. I think it's shark eyes. Yeah, I think it's funnier almost to have him be kind of a child. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. You have is to lighten it. He's about seven and a half foot tall, which would be not quite a full grown great white. That would be like an adolescent great white. So a lot of things say that he's a child sure. and that he's probably going to grow another two feet taller before he's full grown and adult and starts having like more adult thought processes. And I was like, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> what happens when he gets smart? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I wouldn't say he's ever smart necessarily, <laughs> but more he does become, friends. yeah. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Man, this, there's just so much of this movie that is like worth like going back to and just seeing. <sighs> yeah, I see something new every time I watch this. It's just it's so fun. It's just so fun, and it's not for everybody. Obviously, like your daughter couldn't watch this. It's, no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very violent, and there's a lot of language in it, and dicks. Yeah, lots of lots of dicks. <laughs> uh, but like. Jeez, man, I just superhero DC superhero films. They they always want to be like well, we're more adult than Marvel. Marvel's for kids, but they take the wrong approach. They try to t- go down the horror route, sort of, where we get these dark, yeah. dreary characters. This way of making it adult maybe is a little too adult for what they were trying for. But god damn it, it worked. And yeah. the Suicide Squad spinoff series, Peacemaker keeps that same exact mentality going and we get weird characters showing up. I don't want to say any of them because you haven't seen it yet. And I want you to be surprised with who you get to see just had a blast. And like, you need to watch that show, man, whenever you have a chance, it is definitely R rated, but it's short too. It's only like eight episodes. So, okay. I it's on my list. I'll, I'll watch it. What, what service is that on? Do you know? Uh, HBO max. Perfect. All right. All right, Jesse. Should it bomb? Num num. Much num nums. Uh, no, hell no, fuck no. This movie did not deserve to bomb. This is amazing uh, amongst some of my favorite movies of all time it's so fucking fun man like this movie it, this movie failed because of well there's three things of why this movie failed and quality is not one of them no one it is r-rated mm-hmm. you got a harder audience that way yep it cuts off the younger crowd yeah and even less theater because this was in some theaters but even less theaters took it because like well if it's r-rated and it's going to be straight to streaming we're not even going to bother with it yep so it lost a lot of play because of that and this is also the height of the delta variant of covid people are already in their homes because of covid and then another variant comes along and they're like oh shit we got to stay here and i mean i watched it twice and i would have watched it twice in theaters and when i watched it the first time i had six or seven friends over we had a viewing party so like this movie's numbers are not accurate to this movie and the critics even agree they're like yeah no one even even Warner Brothers is like that movie didn't actually fail it, it was a experiment that went wrong and we're sorry uh, the other thing is 
because they wanted to use some of the original Suicide Squad, because there are some characters that are done right, and because they didn't just want to completely shit on what's his name. I always forget the guy's name. Uh, David Ayer, I think. Oh, yeah, the David director Ayer, of the original one. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't want to shit on that guy directly because there is speculation that the movie he created is better and that it was cut to shit. And that's the film we got. I don't know how true that is, but whatever. Um, with that being said, this movie didn't separate itself from that too much because uh, if it were me and I'm, you know, I'm not a big time, whatever, but if it were me, I would not have put Harley Quinn in barely anything. I would have kept her minimum because when you see Harley Quinn, you immediately go, Oh, it is. It's the same Harley Quinn from that one. Yeah. And although birds of prey is amazing. That movie's great. It flopped as well. And so like you're, you're leading with the, with, and I hate saying this because she's fucking awesome at it, but you're leading with the failure. Yeah. Uh, I would have kept Joel Kinnaman secret. I would have literally all the commercials you would have seen blood sport, Peacemaker, King Shark. That's it. You would have been overloaded with them. I would have I would have made Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man a huge surprise because those characters ended up going in. You're like, what are they gonna do? And then they end up being your favorite people. Yeah. Like I love Ratcatcher too. How she's got such a sweet emotional like arc. She has that great line where he's like, You have daddy issues. She's like, I have no issues with how much I love my father. I was like, what a great line. Just such a a pure character and all this like fucking muck and i love the rats i I just when she gets pissed and everything she turns that thing on and like uh idris elba said that he's not necessarily scared of rats so he didn't know how to react but apparently viola davis is fucking terrified of rats (laughs) so he watched her interactions with the rats and said i'm gonna just do what she does so that scream he does in the jungle when he first (laughs) sees it where he's like "Ah!" he's like that was something she did and uh, there's a line where he's like, all right, cool it with the rats. Yeah. Uh, that was something that she had said. And he was like, I'm stealing that. Cause that's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I love, I like Idris Elba a lot. Uh, some people were saying that, you know, he's not the box office draw that Will Smith is, but honestly, I like Bullshit. him better. He's a better actor than yeah. Will Smith. By I like far. Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith fine, is charismatic but, and fun, yeah. but fucking Idris Elba, man, he owned what, that fucking what, part, fucking dude. gorgeous. First of all, oh, he God, is God. a very, hand, I, this, I will say this about this movie. I think Joel Kinnaman's a good looking guy. I think Idris Elba's a good looking guy. I think John Cena is a good looking guy. Uh, this, this movie has three incredibly attractive male leads and I'm not saying anything about, uh, Oh man, I'm going to butcher her name and I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Let me try here. <laughs> <laughs> Daniela, is it Melquire? 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 Uh, Ratcatcher 2. Oh, She's very um, pretty. She's yeah. very pretty. But in this movie, on purpose, they don't make her very attractive. You know, they, they muck her up because she's, you know, rat lady. Yeah, of course. So your, your eye candy for the guys is Harley Quinn. But this movie does something I appreciate so much. They take that sluttiness, that fucking absolute disgusting fucking sluttiness from the first the one, and they pants. just throw it out the door. Thank They're like, God. that was such a, f- it, it just felt so like forced. I, I like looking at a good looking girl as much as any other guy. I enjoy it. 
And and Margot Robbie, holy shit, that is a good looking girl. Yeah, I'm never gonna complain about well, being man. able to look at Margot Robbie, but the first Suicide Squad is so fucking over the top. Yeah. Look at her with as little clothes on as possible. It feels cringy. Yeah, they they prioritized her looks over her ability to snap a dude's neck with her thighs. Yeah, there's literally I mean, a scene in the first one where we're having a serious discussion with Will Smith and El Diablo, and the, the cut of the film, Will Smith is slightly off to the left. Uh, he's not center camera. He's slightly off to the left. And behind his head on the right is Harley Quinn's ass. She's standing back there, but she's just like – kind of like swaying back and forth and stuff. And, the, and it's like, it's such a fucking like creepy scene. I go, they did this on purpose. Like what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. It was so fucking messed up. Feels like but the anyway. creepy dude at the cons. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the guy that <laughs> takes pictures at, uh, at, uh, the beach, you know, it just, yeah. it, it just, ooh, that first one has problems, a lot yeah. of fucking problems. And this one fixes that, the the eye candy they give you is John Cena nearly naked multiple times. Yeah, and and I don't, I, all right. I don't know if that's really him down there or not. I'm, I'm just going to go on the record as saying in Peacemaker, he also is fully loaded. So I don't know <laughs> if John Cena is just packing a lot of heat or. I if, bet he's uh, swinging a hammer. Let's be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah probably. I mean, he's. He, it just—it's like that. They like zoom in on it in this, and you're like, oh, "Jesus yeah. Christ!" Man. Because, it's, because there's a whole like there's a whole two seconds of film that's just John Cena's midsection in whitey tighties. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is to me absolutely amazing that they have Peacemaker in whitey tighties because he yeah, would have he'd have also to be sleeping it, like sleeping on a mission yeah. in his underwear. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone else is sort of battle ready just in case. Not not peacemaker. Yeah, he comes out with his helmet and his tidy whities Yeah. Oh man. Uh, the makeup for whenever uh, polka dot man's virus is flaring up, it's a rash. That's a fucking rash. <laughs> like, what? So good, man. God, that makeup is gross and good. It's so yeah. good because it's those lights underneath the skin. Uh-huh. Uh huh. God damn it! This movie didn't deserve to fail. I'm so mad it did. Hell yeah. Just. Probably one of my favorite movies we've ever done on here. <laughs> I mean, I I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I really did. So, uh, man, we've had a good couple weeks, man. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm worried, Jesse. What's next? Well, let's find out, shall we? Just a magical <sighs> number generator. Give me my number. Please make it something not horrible. Um, the number is ninety. Nice round right. number. 90 is 2020's Onward. Oh, all right. Uh, Chris Pratt is in this. Yes, Chris Pratt and... Um, Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, too. Octavia Spencer's in there. Yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. She's the other mom. Yeah, It's, a, it's animated. Uh, yeah, it's a Disney it animated film. Uh, this was the last movie I did on my previous podcast before COVID. This movie is one of those animated films that hit right when COVID was going all over. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it is funny how much of this list is like COVID victims. Yeah, it, it hit the movie industry freaking hard, man. 
And I, but, uh, it's trying to pick up now, but it's still not anywhere near back to normal. I don't know. I remember this movie be. choking me up hardcore. Yeah. I've, I have seen this movie. I watched it um, very soon after it came out. I have older brothers and sisters, and I have an older sister that um, it was literally my as a kid, my friends thought was my mom because she was ever, my parents worked a ton. And so she was always the one bringing me to things, everything like that. So I have a very close relationship with like my brothers and sisters. And this movie is all about like those really close relationships with siblings. Mm -hmm. So like it hit a chord for me, hardcore. So I remember like maybe having a biased opinion. (laughs) So, but I remember loving it. So I am excited to see it again because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters when it came out. So let's, uh, let's give that a view and, See what happens. Jesse, where can the good folks find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at Pen of Doom, P-E-N-O-F-D-O-O-M. Still waiting for Joe Morton's people to get a hold of me. <laughs> I'll change my name to Pen of Morton. <laughs> uh, I'm also on Twitter. I am Brando Supreme. And we you can find us on uh, Facebook. We're the Box Office Bomb Squad. And you can find us... On email, where magitalkybox at gmail.com. And you can go to anchor.fm and listen to the podcast there if you want to in your local podcatcher, whatever it may be. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. We'll listen to it if you want. And that's the sound of the little magic uh, bucket where the money goes. It's the return you... of Brandon begging for money. <laughs> I'm buying a house, guys. I, I need money. <laughs> Buy Brandon's house. Go. <laughs> hashtag buy Brandon's house. That's the second hashtag we started on here. Woo. Last one is hashtag uh, Brandon as Ernie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> for the Power Rangers podcast. Yeah, that and hashtag one Joe Morton. We'll get one with us. Jesse's name in it. Yeah, yeah if you're Joe Morton or uh, <laughs> if you're creating a new Power Rangers film, hell, you know what? Put Joe Morton in the new Power Rangers film. Hell yeah, Joe Morton is Zordon, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Brian Cranston won't return. You just bring Joe Morton back. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, man. <sighs> I was going to say, would Joe Morton fit in this film, by the way? And I was like, well, fuck, he already exists in this universe, so you can't really yeah. play double duty. Yeah, it's He's true. Silas Stone. Yeah. Hey, well, 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 next week we'll get to say if uh, if Joe Morton would uh, be good at Onward. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. How's that? You're being facetious. But if this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem.